We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. Today is the day that Tommy will be back on the show after spending the month of August and the early portion of September in Spain. Uh, But we're going to do the show a little bit differently today because Sam Howell is going to join me here momentarily. Yeah, that's Sam Howell, the starting quarterback of the team that will face Arizona Sunday at FedEx Field. The show today uh, is presented by Window Nation. My friends at Window Nation will take good care of you. So please, if you've been thinking about new windows, give them the first shot. Call them today at 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com. Mention my name. You'll get a free estimate, a no-risk, no-pressure, free estimate. You've got nothing to lose. 866-90-NATION or windownation.com. Joining me now on the show is the starting quarterback of the team, Sam Howell. Uh, Sam, thanks so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. So how are you feeling about this coming Sunday? Yeah, you know, feeling good. Uh, I feel like, you know, we got we got to have a really good week of preparation. Um, obviously, this Arizona team has a lot, of, a lot of really talented players and a lot of you know, obviously, I have a new coach, um, and so it's been a, it's been a good challenge for us to try to get ready for this opponent. Um, but yeah, man, we got to have a good good week of preparation um, and go out there on Sunday and, and have our best for and have our best to have an opportunity to get a win. Does somebody like you, who's played a hell of a lot of football in your life, um, even though it's been just one NFL regular season game, do you have nerves? Do you feel the pressure of a game like Sunday? No, honestly, not really. Um, I just kind of treat it like any other game, and I try to do my best throughout the week to be as prepared as possible going into Sunday. And then once Sunday hits, it's just football um, and just playing the same game that I've played my whole life and try to go out there and give it everything I got um, and, and leave it all on the line. And, and if I know if and if I do everything I can throughout the week to be as prepared as possible and give it all on Sunday, then you know, with the, no matter what the result is, I'll know I gave it my all. Um, but I don't, I don't really focus on you know, the nerves or the pressure or anything like that. I just try to go out there and do everything I can to help my team win. 
Take us through like the preparation of a starting NFL quarterback for the opener. Like when did you get the game plan, the install? You know, what are you working on today specifically? Just give us a sense of what's going on right now as you get ready for Arizona. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it depends on the day of the week. Um, and we don't like the game plan isn't just done. You know, like like tomorrow in practice, like we'll. It'll be our first practice of the week tomorrow, Will, and it'll be just a base down focus, so just a first and second down focus. So for me, yesterday and today, it's all watching base down stuff, watching first and second down and trying to have a really good understanding of what they're doing on, on base downs. Um, and then sometime today, most of the base down plan is done, but sometime today the base down plan will be finalized. So then just going back through the plan and making sure I'm understanding all, all the plays and what we're trying to accomplish and why we're calling those plays and then – knowing how those plays match up against their defense and thinking through all those things and thinking if there was if there is any potential issues. Um and then and then when we get to Thursday, Thursday will be third down. So kinda you every day kinda has its own situation. You know, Wednesday is base down, Thursday's third down, Friday's red zone. Um so then the day before I kinda just spend studying those things and making sure I have a good plan and then whenever the coaches are done with the game plan for those situations then you're kinda just going through the game plan and tying them into the coverages that you might see and trying to think through all the potential issues. Is everything that Eric Bieniemy has and is in his offensive, you know, playbook, is it all at your disposal here for the opener or will will it be more of a slow build to get the whole thing in during the year? Yeah, I mean I think, you know, you never go into a game with the with everything at your disposal. Sure. You try to scale it down to things that you really like. Um so, I mean, I think we're going to have whatever he thinks is best for this week. That's what we'll have. Um, and I'm sure there's things that we might get to down the road that we're not doing this week. Um, but, you know, we're going to – everything we have that we think is good against the Arizona Cardinals this Sunday, we're going to have in the game plan. Um, and we're not we're not holding anything back, and we're going to try to go out there and, and let loose and have fun and try to put some points on the scoreboard. You know, I think a lot of us are just wondering what we're going to see on Sunday, and I, I don't want you to disclose you know, any any secrets, but just overall philosophically or the approach um, of the offense, you know, give us a sense of what we're going to see in Eric Bieniemy, Sam Howell, and, and the offense of 2023. What do you guys want to be? Yeah, I think the main thing is we have a lot of a lot of talent, um, a lot of skill talent that we have on our offense that we want to try to get want to try to utilize, and I think that's what EB does a really good job of. He knows how to utilize the talent that we have. Um, so yeah, I mean we want to make we want to get everyone involved in the offense um, and spread the ball around and put people in positions where they can be successful. Um, but yeah, I mean I think you know we'll have a, we'll have a balanced approach for sure, um, but try to get the rock around all the guys that we have. So what's he like? What's Eric Bieniemy like? Yeah, he's awesome. Um, he's so passionate, and he just cares so much about his profession and cares so much about this team. And it's been so much fun to learn from and play for a guy that works so hard and cares so much. And at the end of the day, all he wants is what's best for the team, what's best for the players. Um, so it's been a lot of fun to be around him every single day. You know, I've learned so much from him. Um, so I can't imagine someone better to go into battle with on Sunday. Um, Sam Howe is with us, uh, Sunday, 1 PM FedEx field Landover, 
Uh, you were there for the Dallas game. You started the Dallas game, but you were there for all of the games last year. There is going to be um, a really, really good atmosphere on Sunday. I- I'm sure you guys have talked about it to a certain degree. You know, more home fans, probably everybody rooting for the home team, which will be unique for around here, here recently. Uh, how much have you guys, you know, talked about it and how excited are you to play, uh, you know, a legitimate home game Sunday in Landover? Yeah, obviously we're we're really excited. Um, there's been so much positive energy in this organization lately, um, and I think it's it's such an amazing time to be a player. Um, and I think it's just up to us to go out there and capitalize off of the momentum that this organization has. And obviously we're super excited. You know, the game is sold out on on Sunday. Obviously everyone everyone's seen that around here, and we're just super excited. You know, if anything, it makes us more excited for the game on Sunday. Um, and so it'll be a lot of fun to get out there in FedEx. Um, I'm sure it'll be a great atmosphere. And it's just up to us to do the right things throughout the week to prepare us for Sunday to give us the best chance to win. What about your game? Uh, and there's a quiet confidence that I think we all kind of recognize even from afar about you and for those of us that watch you at Carolina. Um, but what about your game specifically are you most confident in right now? And then is there a part of your game you feel needs improvement as this season goes along? Yeah, I, mean, I think the main thing is I feel really comfortable in this system and I feel like I've grown a lot in this system and I feel like I'm going into week one I'm in a really good place and I feel like I can go out there and have the ability to play fast and play instinctive um, but I think I just think throughout the year I mean I'll only get I'll only get better with the reps that I get I think that's the only thing that I don't have is a lot of experience in the NFL um, just because I was here one year and only got to play one game um, but I feel like I've done the right thing from a preparation standpoint not only this year but last year as well when I wasn't playing to where I, I feel like going into the season I'm in a good place. You know you just mentioned last year when you weren't playing I don't know if you saw this from a week ago but uh, Ron your head coach told Sports Illustrated that when he was on his way home after the Dallas game last year in January he told his wife if I had known that Sam was capable of playing that way I would have played him sooner. Did you did you read that and what was your reaction to it? Uh, yeah, I think someone probably had showed it to me at some point, but no, I don't know. I really don't think much of it. Um, you know, I think you know he's he's a great coach and he definitely has a he knows exactly what he's looking for and what he's looking at. And I think you know last year we had a guy in Carson who I I still think is a very talented quarterback and a very capable quarterback, and then we had Taylor who's proving himself every single opportunity that he's got. Um, so I don't think he was wrong for any of the, the decisions that he made last year. Obviously, do I think I could have played and played well? Obviously, of course I do, but I, that's, that's how I always think that way. Um, but, no, I mean, I think just being around those two guys last year and obviously the season didn't go the way we wanted it to go, um, but I learned so much from those guys. And I think Coach Rivera always has had good judgment. Um, it was just a matter of me getting a real opportunity um, just because I felt you can only do so much in practice and I feel like I was doing all the right things in practice but you really don't know about someone until they go out there in a real game and prove it um, and so I feel like it was just kind of a matter of time thing where I actually got an opportunity on the field and got to got to prove myself to the people here. So most of the time, a quarterback, especially a young quarterback, uh, needs a solid group around him to succeed. So Tell me where you think your supporting cast is strongest. Yeah, um, I mean, I think all around. You know, when 
you talk about the receivers we have, the running backs, the tight ends. From a skill position standpoint, I think we have one of the best groups in the NFL. Um, and I wouldn't, I truly would not trade those guys for any other group. The NFL, you know, they work so hard and they've been so good to me and so supportive of me. And it's been so much fun to grow with those guys and learn this offense together. And I feel like we're in a really good place with some really good chemistry going into the start of the season. And the O line, I think they've done a really good job. Obviously, have kind of some new pieces there and trying to get things to mold together with some new guys coming in. I think they've, they've killed it. They've done a really good job and did a really good job in the preseason. Um, all, all the sacks that we had in the preseason were all on my fault and I got to do a better job in that in that standpoint. But, you know, I feel really good about all the guys that we have on our offense at every single position. Um, and I feel like we're, we've all come together at the right time. And I think I, I feel really good, really good going into week one. Is there a receiver that, you, you know, on the team that you feel you've developed the most chemistry with at this point? Um, I wouldn't say there's one. You know, obviously I think I'm, I probably had the most chemistry with Deami Brown just because we were in college together for – we played two two full seasons together in college and then we're both from Charlotte, so we've worked out in the off season every year and always thrown together. Um, so I, I feel like I have a really good sense of chemistry with him. Um, but really with all the guys, you know, with, with, with going through this year and – Really, last year I didn't get the opportunity to throw to a lot of the starter, starting receivers. Um, but this offseason, man, we've put a lot of time in um, and just making sure we take advantage of every single rep that we get, You know, whether it's OTAs, training camp, preseason, whatever it was. We try to make the most of every single opportunity that we got to go out, go out on the field and, and throw the ball. Um, and so I feel like I'm in a really good place with all those guys. You may have just answered my next question, but my next question was, you know, to give me kind of a player that you think will surprise a lot of us, you know, fans and media members, a player that, you know, perhaps as of now, we're not necessarily talking a lot about. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think we have a lot of guys on our team, and especially as a skill position with our skill position group that people don't really pay much attention to, but it's only a matter of time to where if and when they get an opportunity to go out there on the field, they're going to light it up. Um, We have a lot of guys that I I feel very confident in, even guys that are on the practice squad, um, I think can go out there and and light this league up. So it's really just a matter of time and if or when they get get the opportunity to go show it. So, um, you know, leadership's always a big part of the discussion when it comes to the position. And, you know, people have said about you that you are, you know, quiet kind of lead by action kind of a guy. You've become the leader on teams you were on in the past. What's that process like? Like, are you automatically a leader because you're the quarterback, or does that kind of evolve and come later? Uh, I mean, obviously, I think it just kind of evolves over time. I think the main thing is you have to earn the respect of your teammates. Um, I think it obviously the easiest way to earn the respect of your teammates is to play well. Um, but at the same time, just being a good teammate each and every day and trying to get the best out of them each and every day. And that's who I try to be every single time I come into this building. I try to be a good teammate um, and, and just try to lead these guys and get the best out of each and every one of my teammates. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be the loudest guy on the field. I'm, I always try to keep a calm demeanor. Um, but at the same time, I definitely – definitely try to lead these guys and get the best out of them each and every day, and I feel like I've done a really good job in that aspect of it, um, and I'll only continue to grow in it. Is there somebody on offense or on the team that you lean on the most, player-wise? Um, yeah, I, mean, I would say probably Jacoby. Um, Jacoby Brissett. Uh, I've been so fortunate 
to have him here and someone who's been so supportive of me and he's been one of my best friends on the team ever since he's got here um and so obviously he's been through a lot in his career he's seen a lot been around a lot of different quarterbacks and he's had a lot of success himself um so just being able to pick his brain and you know whatever situation might comes up he's probably already been through it before um and so just having a guy like that here and a guy that's been so willing to help me um be at my best um i've definitely been I definitely got very lucky to have a backup like Jacoby. What about you personally? Do you feel like you've got something to prove, especially after a lot of teams passed you over on draft day? You know, honestly, I'm sure a lot of people would think that, oh, that would make me mad and I just want to go out and prove people wrong. But honestly, I really don't think like that. Um, I, I, I know the type of player that I am. I know what the type of player that I'm capable of being. And I feel like if I do the right things each and every day and work work as hard as I can and go out there on Sundays and put my best foot forward, then I'll have I'll have the opportunity to be successful in this league. And I think more than anything, I want to prove myself right. Um, and I want to prove all the people that have helped me get to where I am. I want to prove them right. Um, and I feel like I've, there's been so many people along my career that have helped me and always believed in me to, that I would always get to this point. Um, so if anything, I want to prove them right more than I want to prove anybody wrong. So how many tickets did you have to get uh, for Sunday? Who's coming? Yeah, um, obviously it'd be a, pr- a pretty good crowd. I don't know the um, exact number of how many people are coming, um, but a lot of my friends from back home are coming. Um, obviously, a lot of family, um, and it'll be a lot of fun. Um, obviously, just a super, super cool opportunity for me um, and for the, for our football team. Obviously, there's been a lot of good that's happened in this organization lately, um, and to be, get out there on Sunday on a with a sold-out crowd, um, it'll be a lot of fun, and we can't wait. It feels different in the organization right now versus you know your your first rookie season, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely, just a lot of excitement, and you just feel the support of the fans, and um, just being out here at training camp every single day and having all those fans out here. It's been a lot of fun, and I think the organization is definitely moving in the right direction. Um, so yeah, we can't wait to get out there on Sunday and make sure we do our part. Best of luck to you, Sam, not only on Sunday, but for the rest of the season. I really appreciate the time. Thanks. Yes, sir. Appreciate you having me on. Sam Howell, everybody. Uh, I appreciate him uh, doing that. Uh, All right. Tommy joins me next, uh, and we will do a lot of catch-up and a lot of news from today regarding the football team and more. We'll get to all of that right after these words from a few of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. 
Need to hire? You need Indeed. It was great to have Sam Howell on the show. Uh, I'm really, really happy that we were able to have Sam Howell on the show. As happy as I was to have Sam Howell on the show, I am just giddy to have Tommy back on the show today. After summering in Spain, he is back. <laughs> not at 100%, right? You're not feeling that great. Well, you know what? I got off the plane on Friday, and by Sunday morning, I had an allergy attack. Was it allergies? You know, Are you sure? I'm pretty sure it's allergies. Okay. It came on so quick, you know, there was no nothing to indicate that in September I usually get hit with allergies. And I had been in, like, where I was in Spain, that was the high desert. That's dry. There's really nothing. I hadn't been taking any allergy medicine or anything. So the minute I got back, it, it just hit me pretty hard, and I've been doing a lot of coughing. But I, I'm so excited to be back on the podcast, I'm pushing forward. He did. Tommy texted me earlier today, and he said, I can't wait to do it, but my voice isn't quite right. But I, I will do it anyway. And I said, well, you can, you, know, you can do it tomorrow if you want. Nope, I think I can do it. Um, and I'm glad yeah. you are doing it today. Uh, Tommy's a big fan of my bookie, and they are the sponsor of this segment right now. Um, my bookie's got a great offer going on. If you use my promo code Kevin DC at mybookie.ag, they're not only going to give you a welcome bonus, meaning they will add more into your account uh, than you deposit, but they're going to give you a free chip for the online casino at MyBookie. All of the NFL Week 1 lines are up. All of the season prop bets, as we've been talking about, have been up for a while. Tommy, I mentioned this the other day, um, and it continues to come down. It's actually really interesting. Washington's total for the game Sunday against Arizona is 37.5. That is the lowest total on the week one slate by a lot. I think the next lowest is 40, and that is Carolina and Atlanta playing Desmond Ritter against Bryce Young in his first start. Washington at 37.5. You rarely, rarely see a total that low unless it's weather-related or it's late in the season when teams have checked out and one team, you know, um, you know, has something to play for. But uh, my bookie's got Washington at minus 7 right now with the total at 37.5. The Thursday night game, two days away from it. God, it's gotten here quickly. Kansas City, 6.5. And, and the largest over-under total on the board at my bookie, 54 and a half. Go to mybookie.ag, use my promo code KevinDC to secure a an initial deposit bonus for nothing um, and also get a free chip to their online casino. My bookie is fair. Fair fair lines, fair totals, fair money lines, fair pricing. You get paid if you win. I trust them. You can as well. Even if you've already got a place to bet. Use MyBookie for your second spot. You should have one of those. MyBookie.ag, promo code KevinDC. I don't even know where to start with you. I mean, I actually got back. um, I was off of radio for six days. I took 
Friday of two weeks ago off, and then I took all five days off last week. And I was in South Carolina for a while, uh, New York, um, and I did podcasts, though, while I was out. So I feel like I'm back into the swing of things. You haven't been on with me since the end of July. Yes. I haven't written a word in my column or posted a social media note on Twitter, Facebook, anywhere, other than stuff about my vacation since the end of July. Remember, I literally checked out. Remember, and I want to hear about the the summer in Spain. I love saying summer summer in Spain. It just makes you sound so <laughs> elite um, that you summer in Spain. But remember, right before you left, we had the disagreement on the air about what your responsibility should be in terms of writing about the new ownership change. And you said, to hell with you, I've earned the right to just do it when I want to do it. And I said, I don't think so. I think this is too big of a story. And if I were your editor, I would make you right no matter where you were. Because this was when you were down in Florida for the Ernest Hemingway lookalike thing. That was pretty much our last interaction. So what's happened since? Well, uh, there's a lot. I don't want to bury the lead. First day, August 1st, smooth flight from uh, Dulles God. to M- Madrid, Iberia Airlines, direct flight. Uh, we get to the airport. One of Liz's cousins, Joaquin, uh, is there to meet us. And then the other couple of, you know, the uh, Liz's sister and her husband, I mean, eventually the whole family would come over. But then Liz's sister and her husband, who we split the house with, big seven-bedroom house, they flew in like an hour or two after us. So we're leaving the airport. I'm pushing a luggage cart. And uh, I'm about to go across the crosswalk, and a taxi cab honks at me. So I'm still in my American mode. So I, I turn to basically give him the finger or say something nasty to him. And I don't notice the the strap, the luggage strap, hanging off the the luggage cart. Yeah. And I trip. And I go down. And I mean, down like, when you go down like I went down, especially at my age, there's usually broken bones. Oh, my God. You didn't tell me about this. No. I I didn't tell anybody about it. Uh... I went down hard. Uh, I had my chin hit the ground, uh, and I guess I, I don't have a glass jaw because I wasn't knocked out, but it was bruised and black and blue. My chest hit the cart, and my chest hurt for like a week. But the worst part was, uh, as I got up, I looked at my left arm, and it was like folds of skin were just torn off. Welcome to Spain. It wasn't deep, but it was like stripped. And there's blood everywhere. So we get to a bathroom. We're waiting for the medics to show up. Uh, I've got my arm in a sink. There's, you know, blood. Not splurting out. It wasn't a deep cut. Uh, But it was like, just like, just the skin was gone. The first layer of skin. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they, 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 
fixed it up. They put uh, you know a lot of stuff on it. Then they wrapped it up, and uh, I had to take seven trips after that to the clinic, oh. nearby clinic, to to get it looked at, to get it looked at, rewrapped again, looked at, rewrapped again, you know. But it didn't hurt. Okay, it was more of an inconvenience, and not that much of an inconvenience. It's healed tremendously. I mean, it's all healed, you know. And uh, I recovered fine, but I didn't let that affect my trip at all, Kevin, because i got to tell you something. I haven't drank that much beer <laughs> in a 30-day period since I was in college in Miami. What, what, what beer? Did you drink that uh, Mahoo or whatever it's called? That's, that's what I was drinking. No, I, didn't when I, was... Drink... I did drink that sometimes in bars, but we had Estrella on tap at the house. Oh. There was a beer tap at the house. Wow. That Liz's cousin, who owns a bar a couple blocks away, put in for us. Well, give him that, give him a nice, you know, round of applause. Yes. I mean, that is good work. Yes. Between that and walk going to his bar every night, Casa Poli. If I was there thirty one nights in, in Spain, twenty eight nights I was at the bar. Okay. So and, yeah, and, go, and, go like, ahead. and when you're at the bar, like you don't go till ten o'clock at night because you know everything in Spain is late. The, the night starts at ten o'clock. People, we don't eat. Yes. We don't eat until ten o'clock. Yes. So I don't hit the bar until ten o'clock. You know, but I'm there every night, and I'm just in a major league drying out period right now. I drank every day, every day. <laughs> did you drink a lot every day? Did it was it an all day thing? Because the, the day drinking can really be exhausting. Um, well, you know, it's not. I can't drink a lot anymore because God has given me a built-in brake system uh-huh. to get me this far now, where I, I fall asleep if I drink too much. Right at one sitting, mm-hmm. you know, before I get drunk. But I'd say over the course of a day. I'd have a six six beers. Oh well, that's uh, over, over the course of that. Well, that's not that's you're you're gonna you're. It's not gonna take you long to as you described to dry out. So hold on, I want to go every back every day, Kevin. Yeah, I know every day. I know. Uh, look, not a single day off. I know. I, I'm telling you, um, when we were there, it was every day, and then. When I was in South Carolina, when I was in Vegas, it was nonstop. I didn't see while you, while you were summering in Spain. Uh, I, as you know, I did go to Spain earlier this summer for a week with yeah. my wife. But I took a Vegas trip, met my son and uh, my nephew in Vegas for two nights. I hung out with Cooley in Wyoming for a few days, and then I was in South Carolina last week uh, playing golf and was in Charleston a few nights. Uh, by the way. Um, thumbs up to Hall's Chop House in Charleston. Just one of the great restaurants uh, anywhere. Um, but I want to go back to Madrid and the airport thing. Do you think the person that was honking at you that you wanted to go all-American on was actually trying to indicate that maybe this strap was going to trip you up and maybe they were trying yeah. to help you? No, I don't think so. Okay. No, he, he he didn't like the fact he didn't like the fact that I uh, walked out in front of him. 
was it was it just you and Liz when you went down, or were there other no, fans? It, it, it was me and Liz, her sister and her husband, okay, and Joaquin, the Spanish couple. Okay, so and it was it was you know I wish I'd have taken pictures of it, but I was in shock. At that point, I would have said to Joaquin, can we open the tap right here? (laughs) And maybe rub some of it on, you know, one of my favorite sayings of of sort of the older generation, which you, uh, you know, are a little bit a part of, is with babies when they were crying, just rub bourbon on their gums. It'll be fine. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And by the way, it probably was. Uh, So... So I, I, I kind of feel okay. awful for you. And, I know, but it's a, it's a little and, bit it's inconvenient to everybody that's there. It's a little bit embarrassing to you. Not that you get embarrassed yeah. very often, and it's just not a good start after an eight hour or seven hour flight. I know, but four nights later, I was dancing under the stars okay. at Casapoli <laughs> to a live band. Awesome, you know. Yeah. Again, it didn't stop me from doing anything I wanted to do. How and it was not a. It was not a tourist type of trip. We did a few tourist things. We went to Madrid for a day. Yeah. We went. We took a tour of Segovia. Uh, we did a couple other small little medieval towns, but for the most part, we lived like Spaniards in this town called Navas del Rio Frio. Navas del Rio Frio was the name of the town. It's north, That's right? North, of, north of Madrid. Yeah, it has about 400 people in it, uh, mostly summer, like a, like like the Poconos in a way, kind of thing. Well, probably not it's like very the Poconos, small. it's Spain. And uh, <laughs> I just was like, I, by the time I left, I knew half the people in town. Oh, that's awesome. So, so that, it, was, it was a great trip, and uh, I really did check out. Uh, and I did one thing in particular that we can talk about. Okay. You okay. Want to talk well, about it. You well, yeah. Let me. I, I got a couple of quick questions. So, okay. Go you ahead. you basically you know you lived the life of a Spaniard in that small yes. town that you were in, other than your day yes, in Madrid. But when you, by the way, when you went to Madrid, did you do? Um, what did, what, what, what did you do? Did you do the, the, the Prado? What did, what, what, what we were the, do, we didn't do the Prado. Did you do the Royal uh, Palace? No, we didn't do the Royal Palace. Okay. I'm not sure what we did. <laughs> you were hammered. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what we did. Okay. All I know is it took a lot of train, train changes to get there and get back. Okay. But, uh, I tell you, while we were there, we're eating in this restaurant on the ninth floor of a department store, and this famous artist uh, is there. Uh, like this 86-year-old man walks, walks by us with a canvas and art supplies and sets up like basically five feet away from us and starts painting. And it turns out this guy is one of the most famous artists in the world. Who is it? Uh and uh, he's sitting there painting right in front of him. Now, that only happens in places like Madrid. Do you know who yeah. it was? The, if he's yeah, 86? I'm looking for the name. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what kind he's of 86. painting? Oil painting. Okay. Oil painting. Uh, and I'm looking for it right now. And uh, It's all right. I'm sorry. We, you know, we had a... Before I get to that, while I get to that, 
we had a party at our house. We had a big seven-bedroom house. And five of Liz's brothers and sisters with their spouses had come over, plus some, some children, mm-hmm. some of the younger generation. Uh, and we invited... Liz has nine cousins over there. So between their family and our family, we had a party for about 60 people. <laughs> and there's a picture on Facebook and Twitter on my account mm-hmm. of everybody. We took a, one big crowd shot of, of everybody. Nice. Uh, everything I posted, uh, okay, here it was. The artist was named Antonio Lopez Garcia. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he's one of the most famous re- realism artists in the world. Um, what did you? How was the food experience for you guys? It was okay. You know, I mean, it's kind of a limited menu. Yeah. There are only about twelve foods that they really eat. You know, yeah, and uh, a lot of uh, what what I like. What I actually we eat at home here: tortilla con patatas. It's uh, basically eggs, you know, with potatoes baked in. Uh, you know, sandwiches. I didn't. I don't like paella, so I didn't eat any paella. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know me. I, I mean, it's my, it's my simplicity that makes me complicated. And I didn't yeah. change for anybody. Well, it's a lot of not home, even home a on. country. Um, we we found and we in, in Barcelona as well that actually the best restaurants in Madrid and in Barcelona aren't Spanish restaurants, at least for Americans. And we didn't go to any tourist places, but we found some excellent Italian restaurants and a couple of others. But anyway, um, all right, so what what else did you want to tell me about the trip? Well, the most unique thing I did was I went to a bullfight. Oh, yeah, I saw you sent me the pictures from social media. It It looked tragic. Looks it sad. was tragic, but and I knew it was going to be tragic, but I felt the I felt the need to experience the culture of it. We went to a small town called Quayar, where they actually during their festival, and everyone has festivals in August over there. Right. During their festival, they had they had the running of the bulls. They do a running of the bulls there, like they do in Pamplona. In fact, that's the first place they ever did it. Okay was in Cuellar. Uh I didn't go for that, but then they have four nights of bullfighting in a small arena, and I went to one of those. Three Matadors, six bulls. Yep. And? I, w- I wouldn't go back. It's cruel, but I understand more the, the, the history and the culture of it and the pageantry of it. And, you know, and the courage of these matadors yes the the bulls got got uh spears sticking out of them you know it, it's really stacked against the bull but they're still standing right there next to a bull with big horns right you know yeah uh that was pretty unnerving uh to see how close they would be to the bull uh and uh, you know uh, bullfighting is, is kind of diminishing in Spain. The arena was only half full uh, because more and more people have come to the conclusion, probably rightfully so, that it's cruel and something that they shouldn't continue to do. 
but I wanted to experience it once. We had front row seats. I mean, we, and here was, the, here was the, there were two parts that really hit home for me. Well, more than that. Mm-hmm. But these two parts, we were close enough that a couple of times I could look the bull right in the eye. I could see his eyes. And that was, that was upsetting because you could see how confused and bewildered he looked. Uh-huh. You know, well, he like, may he may have what? been confused and bewildered based on what he was looking at. No, no, he wasn't looking at me. <laughs> okay. And and yeah. so you you could tell he was thinking, why are they doing this to me? What are, what is going on here? Right. You know. Uh, that that was a little bit unnerving. At least that, uh, you know, I sent you that video. Uh, when they're done with the bull, when the bull goes down mm-hmm. after they stick the sword in his shoulder blades, and then the bull goes down. He's not dead yet, but sometimes the president of the bullfighting federation, who sits in a high box up up on the arena, uh, waves a handkerchief to tell them it's okay to take a trophy, oh. which means one of the ears oh. of the bull. Yeah. And the bull's not dead yet. I, I don't... Yeah, I'm I'm with you on this. I just I don't know. I like animals, period. Um so here's the question that I have for you. Because you were there for so long and it sounds like you had a great time, right? Yes. Could you see yourself living there? No. No? Why? No. Um much of a northeast United States kind of guy. Yeah. You know? You need, no, you need more that. action. Yeah. You need more things to do and more things to talk about. No, I get it. What about yeah, I mean, what about living in a bigger what about living in Madrid or Barcelona? I think you've been to Barcelona before. Yeah, I have been to Barcelona. That's not an attraction for me. Anyone? I like living where we are right now. Mm-hmm. I have I, I and the idea of moving to an exotic place to live seems like a, a, a bit of an extreme step when I could just go to visit it well, and I don't, still come home. Yeah, well, I'm not talking about exotic. I'm talking about living abroad, you know, and right. living in a normal city, not a 400-person town, but a normal right. city abroad. Like, I, I never... You, what about yeah. what about you? Can you, can you see yourself do well, that? Well, um, I can now. I, I, I never could before, but I think just put it this way. I could never do it before. And I, there was an opportunity or two to do it, um, because the technology didn't exist for me to continue to do the things that I really like to do that I would have missed the most. Like I, you know, I could have never lived abroad during a football season without being able to follow the Redskins in a football yeah. season. Like, that just wouldn't – it would have never entered my mind. You know, technology and the ability to, you know, not really leave home, and except for the fact that you've left home, you know, would play a lot into that. But I think also, you know, you get a little bit older, and when you go to these places, you're like, wow, this would be kind of – I don't know if it would be Madrid or Barcelona. Actually, it would be Madrid more than Barcelona. It would definitely be more – more likely somewhere in Italy than in Spain. 
Um, but what did, what do you miss most when you're away for that long? Because I've never been away for that long abroad. You know, you're, you were gone for longer than a month. Um, what yeah. do you, what do you miss the most? Okay. Well, where we were in particular, the circumstances dictated that what I missed the most was pizza. Oh, yeah. I did. Yeah. I missed pizza. You know? Yeah. Now, my sister-in-law looked at me like I had two heads because they're, they're foodies, and I don't think they eat pizza once a year. Right. But, uh, I mean, I like pizza. Well, foodies eat pizza, and too. And I missed it. So, um, uh, I, I, I miss being American. I like being an American. Yeah, but... You know, now, now, that said, my son, uh, because he qualifies... And, uh, and has included me in his application, is applying for dual citizenship in Italy. Nice. By the way, so, in, in Barcelona, and, and, in little, or, you know, in the Italian area, there were so many good restaurants, including one, and I finally, after being away for just eight days, said, we're going there because apparently the 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 pasta and the pizza is good, and I needed some pizza and pasta, and that was on the very last night, and it was excellent. It was a great Italian restaurant. That was in Barcelona, yeah. but anyway. Um, so he's got he. So is he considering doing that? Oh no, he's he's applying. Oh, he's he's in the middle of the application process. Okay, of doing it, and you know the idea is. What you don't get an Italian, you get you, you're an Italian citizen, but you have a European Union passport, right? Which means you can go anywhere in Europe, anytime you want, right? And live. Did you follow what was going on over here, sports wise? I mean, it's you know, it's the it's the month to take off because you know it's the yes. worst of. I mean, I talked about it this morning on radio. I mean, July and August are my least favorite months of the year to do what we do because so uh, – look, it's not all of you, um, but some of you l- legitimately think you've got it all figured out after watching, you know, threes and fours go against, you know, threes and fours. Um, I uh, I don't, but I, I love this time of year when we start getting real games and real football, but – did you follow anything of of what was going on over here? Any of the Ron Rivera, you know, mumblings and back and forths and contradictions, or Jason Wright saying, you know, uh, that Redskins, you know, is not going to happen. Period. Um, like any of that. Yeah. I did follow a lot. I still followed social media, even though I didn't comment on anything. Uh, related to sports the whole month, mm-hmm. except for one thing, only out of frustration. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember the thing that was going on with Kevin Brown, the Orioles announcer, who was supposed oh, to be yeah. suspended? Yeah, stupid. Okay, well, that was like at the beginning of my trip. Uh-huh. And a lot of people kept saying they're going to do the same thing to John, like they did to John Miller. They fired John Miller. And I just, that was driving me nuts because they didn't fire John Miller. Mm-hmm. John Miller and the Orioles had contract negotiations and had a real difference of opinion over their contract. You know, uh, Angelos, and look, 
Ancelos wanted John Miller to do less ESPN games and more Orioles games. Because he was doing a lot of ESPN games then, too. Right. So he wasn't fired. The fact that everyone kept saying John Miller had been fired drove me nuts. Mm. So you weighed in on that. he wasn't fired. So I weighed in on that. Okay. That's, that's pretty much it. But I followed the Ron Rivera stuff. And actually, I wrote a column in today's paper, kind of catching up on a couple of items. Okay. Well, do you want to you want to catch up on some of those items and then introduce some new items into the conversation? Sure. Then we'll do just that right after I tell everybody about Window Nation. Right now, Window Nation is giving you more, as in more, more. The more windows you buy, the more you save, up to fifty percent off, plus a lot more. You don't have to pay anything for two full years. It's another amazing deal on the windows that deliver more for your home, more energy savings, more value, more features, more options, more beauty. No money down, no payments, no interest for two years. Plus, get up to 50% off all style windows, bows, bays, double hung, any style. Save thousands on your new windows and your energy bills, all the while upgrading the look and feel of your home. Call them at 866-90-NATION. Go to windownation.com. Mention my name. You'll get a free estimate. There's nothing to risk here. Get the estimate. Shop it if you want. You're not going to work with a better company with a better product at a better deal right now. 866-90-NATION, windownation.com. We'll get to what Ron Rivera told John Kime next, right after a few more of our sponsors. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. 
Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This segment of the show is brought to you by our good friends at Shelly's Back Room. They've got, Oh, that's right. I don't have to do the read anymore. Tommy's back, <laughs> and he can do the read. He wrote uh, five or six different things for me to talk about when I did the Shelly's Reads, which I used... Uh, almost every time I did them. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, what do you want to say about Shelley's now that you're back? When when is well, your when is your trip to Shelley's? Your first trip back to Shelley's after being back in the country? Well, it'll probably be this Thursday night mm-hmm. because uh, I, I start teaching Thursday night at Georgetown, right? The business of sports media class. I've been co- the co-instructor for like eight years now. Uh, so usually when that's over by quarter to eight, and I usually head to Shelley's after that to watch the beginning of what will be the first uh, NFL game of the season. Uh, that's good. Shelley's is a great spot yes. for a cigar and a meal. Listen, that's one of the things I missed besides pizza. I miss Shelley's. I mean, you know, we're in this bar, Casa Poli, but we were outside every night, you know, because it, it didn't rain one day. Right. While I was there, that one day. So when I say at the bar, we were sitting outside, and I'm smoking cigars out there, but there weren't a lot of people. It wasn't, you know, I mean, the idea of Shelley's is you have camaraderie of people smoking with you, you know, sharing the moment. You know, that wasn't happening. Me sitting there, so I felt like, you know, like the only guy at an orgy, you know, was smoking my cigars and no one else is doing it. Uh huh. But uh, so I miss I miss that at Shelley's. I'm looking forward to getting back and seeing my friends there at Shelley's back room, 1331 F Street Northwest in the district. Uh, a tremendous spot. Um, and Thursday night will be great with the first NFL game going on. So yeah. uh, a couple of things real quickly. The and it's funny because I had kind of forgotten about this, but. Remember that Ron Rivera at times was asked about some of these coaches that didn't get the official titles, like Travell Wharton being the biggest. John Matzkal, uh left, uh, you know, shortly after the season um, ended, and Ron said that he couldn't, you know, elevate Travell Wharton to offensive line coach until the ownership situation got worked out. But we all knew he was the offensive line coach, so they named. Uh, officially, Travell Wharton, the offensive line coach, Todd Storm, the tight ends coach. Randy Jordan is not only the running backs coach, he's now a senior offensive assistant, good for Randy. And Juan Castillo um, is the run game uh, coordinator. So that was some news coming out of the team today. They also put out their um, uh, their two deep, or, or their, I'm sorry, their, their, uh, 53 man depth chart, uh, today. Uh, I don't read a lot into these depth charts. I know that they get a lot of play on social media. Um, but I think we all have a sense that sometimes these things aren't even, um, legit real. Uh, the team has to put them out, um, you know, their, their depth chart, um, but there's no surprises on it. At all. The only thing I went to look at was kick returner, punt returner, and it's Antonio Gibson on kick returns, Milne on punt returns, and it is Sadiq Charles to start at left guard, which is not 
a surprise. Um, yeah, so John Kine. Well, let's talk about. Yeah. Let me talk about before we get started these promotions. Okay. That, that these coaching promotions. Mm-hmm. When Ron Rivera got hired, and I know you'll you'll tell me if I'm full of shit, like you always do. When Ron Rivera got hired, mm-hmm. my impression was he had tremendous leverage. Okay, I mean the idea was he probably had other jobs, maybe he could have gotten, or people who were interested in him. Snyder was desperate to hire a coach with credibility at the time, and that would be Rivera. So at that point of leverage, my perception that he had leverage, wouldn't you have said, I decide what coaches have what jobs whenever I want to? I make the decisions on my coaching staff. And and had it in there contractually? Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, he, he couldn't promote these guys without well, the owner signing off? Well, maybe he could, but maybe he was just working within, you know, trying to be, uh, you know, a team player, saying we'll let you guys get settled. That's, and... that's, that's the mistake that Rivera, that, that's the mistake Mike Shanahan made. Yeah, but he Not made with Snyder. But he made that mistake with Snyder. He didn't yes. make that mistake with the, with new ownership. No, but he did make that mistake with Snyder because he said he couldn't promote them until the new owners came in. Yeah, he did. That means Dan Snyder had something no, you're to say right. over his coaching staff. I I don't know. Maybe he had already spent some time with Harris and with Mitch Rails and Magic and. You know, they said just on any big decisions, can you just hold off until we, you know, get on board? And he said, no problem. I, that's maybe, but that, I was kind of surprised that he couldn't promote his own coaches under the old owner. Yeah. So this morning, I wake up to a text from Ben Standig linking me to this story that John Keim wrote today. You know, it's the day after Labor Day. Everybody's back into their regular season routine, which is a nice routine to be in. And Kime's got his big story ready to drop this morning. Tangled fates will Ron Rivera's big bets on Eric Bieniemy, Sam Howell go bust for all. Now, uh, the story is 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 a good story. John writes good stories. It's the quotes. Yes, it it's the quotes. The quotes in this story are what I've got to read to everybody if you haven't seen them already, including Have you read this or not? I'm 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 not Yes, sure. I have. Okay. I've read it. So let me just start with this. There's a quote in which he talks about Sam Howell being, quote, this is a calculated risk. This has been thought out. It's something I felt needed to be done. I wanted a change because I wanted to see us do something different, close quote. Now, you know, Galdi calls it Ronnie's, which is kind of funny because we've all kind of learned the language of Ronnie's. Ronnie's being what I say today might be completely different from what I say and do uh, at any point in time. But I just find this like really calculated risk. This was something that was thought out. You named him QB1 with less than a week after the season yeah. ended. Ben standing after a game, after a game that you had to be talked into playing him. Right. So um, Ben Standig, I'm telling you all, was a hundred percent right when he said back in 
whenever it was four or five days after the game and Sam got you know the, the QB1 label slapped on him, he said, this just reeks of you know the latest PR move. Like, how can they be sure after one game? But what they are sure about is the conversation is still about not only starting Carson Wentz against Cleveland, but not even knowing they could be eliminated from the postseason when the season ended. It was a hideous end to the season. And so, hey, we drafted this guy. He played pretty well against Dallas however we want to describe that game. He played well enough to give people some hope. Let's capitalize on that, and let's give everybody something to really start dreaming about, which is a fifth-round rookie quarterback that we drafted that's going to be a guy we can build around. Okay. Um, A calculated risk, something that was thought out. No, you named him QB1 almost immediately. Uh, then there's this quote. Um, hold on. I've got to find this one. Uh, this is the Super Bowl ring quote, right? Um, no, I'm going to get to that in a moment. I'm going to end with okay. that one. Um, so basically in talking about Sam Howell, he says, quote, we knew what we thought we had, closed quote. That comes exactly one week, one week after the Albert Breer interview with Sports Illustrated, where he said, and he's describing, you know, his um, his trip home with Stephanie, his wife, after the Dallas game, where he says, you know, if I only knew sooner that yeah. Sam could be that. Yeah. And then he says in this story, we knew what we thought we had. No, you didn't know what you thought you had. And because you just said a week ago, I don't know which one it is. At this point, though, stop talking. Uh, Just stop talking. I know they're trying to sell whatever they're trying to sell. And with him, it's whatever he feels like almost the interviewer wants to get out of him. But what you um, just referred to was the one I wanted to save for um, last. In talking about kind of his future beyond this upcoming season. Rivera said, quote, I don't worry about that. If we go 8-8-1 eight, eight and one this year and he fires me, as in Josh Harris fires me, and next year they win the division and 40 of the 53 players we drafted and it's the same quarterback, I'm vindicated. Send me my Super Bowl ring. That's the way I look at it. I want us to be right and to see this community have that excitement again, closed quote. So I'll ask you before I share with you what my reaction was to this, what was yours? Well, he basically he's so used to seven and nine, nine and seven, eight, eight and one, or whatever, that it, it's become the Rivera special, as I call it. Imagine, can you imagine Joe Gibbs going into the season saying, if I go eight, eight and one, you know, and they win after that, I'll be fine. I couldn't imagine that. I mean, those words, that record, that those words would never come out of his mouth. Now that may be unfair, you know, to always compare to Joe Gibbs, but I mean, a coach shouldn't talk about scenarios where they go eight, eight and one. 
yeah. Right? Yeah. I so I read this and it so what it I've been saying we've been talking about and I've mentioned many times since the end of last year that I don't know that Ron Rivera's heart is in it anymore. And this is a total hunch, total projection based on a lot of things he said. And by the way, just what he's been through, you know, in fairness to him, he took a job that would, you know, he knew was going to be a shit show coming in, but it was much worse. And then he had much, much worse than he could have imagined. And he had a personal battle with cancer. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, you know, um, during that season when I had him on the show every week where we would talk a little bit afterwards and I would say, so how are you guys doing? And he would just laugh and because, you know, it was one headline after another week after week that had nothing to do with the football team. And I remember asking him one day, do you and your wife ever just talk about, oh, my God, why did we take this gig? And he laughed. But, you know, he's been through it since he's been here. And now... You know, you've got new ownership, and new ownership typically wants their own people. And I have suggested multiple times during the offseason that, you know, it's very possible. And Ron's a competitive man, and he's a good man. I do believe both of those things. But it's very, pos- it's very possible that he he's resigned to his fate, which is more likely than not this is going to be his last year as an NFL coach. And so... This whole Sam Howell thing, look, it might work out. It might. I, I, I'm rooting for it to work out, despite what some of you believe I'm rooting for. I really am. It would be the best thing for the franchise. The best thing for this podcast is for it to work out for them to have a franchise quarterback and for them to start winning. But um, it's it's all about now this idea of I'm going to be gone and... I want credit for how I essentially really gave, you know, I gave back to the community by focusing on roster development and playing this young quarterback and, you know, maybe sacrificing this particular season for the betterment of the long term. And to me, it speaks to a little bit of resignation about his fate. You're right. I mean, and by the way, just so we're clear on this, not 40 of the 53 players, I went back and added it up. It's basically like 46 to 48 of the 53 players have been brought in by this regime. This is something that I've given him credit for. He's built out a nice roster, even though he, you know, claimed that for the first time he was focused on roster building. It's not true. They've been focused on it. The, the most important players he inherited. He did. Um, their best players are Terry McLaurin and Montez Sweat and John Allen and Deron Payne. And all yes. four of those players were brought in by the regime before. But all of those four all four players were signed to long term deals by this coach. Yes. They could have gone right. somewhere else. And their well, Montez Sweat hasn't been signed yet. No, that's true. Um but there there are other very good players that they've brought in. I mean, those aren't the only good players on the team, but they are the I best know. players on the team. That is true. Um I just I read that and I was like, this kind of feeds into the way I've been thinking, which is 
he understands that there's a pretty good chance he's coaching in his last year. He would probably never admit this, but he and maybe everybody close to him may be ready for that. And he wants to be recognized for whatever comes after him with players that he brought in. I guess my question would be, is this healthy? Is this a healthy head coaching situation? Somebody that's coaching understanding that it may be his last year, okay that it may be his last year, and already talking about what he wants his legacy to be. Like, Not if you're a new owner trying to sell a new image and tickets. I mean, the timing was all or off for the new ownership to do anything right. about the situation. They had to take what was given to them and live with the inherited situation. And I think they're trying to make the most of it. But uh, it's not ideal for, for the new owners to basically have a coach uh, talk about uh, eight, eight and one seasons. You know, after that was that was their season last year. <laughs> you know, it's not like he's saying we go eight, eight and one after we were three and thirteen last year or three and fourteen. Right. You know. Yeah. Um. Just interesting stuff, and I, I, look, I I think Ron Rivera, when his time is done, there will be a lot of discussion in the markets in which he coached about him, but around the league, he will be um, a guy that everybody liked and was well-respected. I actually read last, uh, early, last week, yeah, last week, from Ben's um, survey of, of agents. He does an annual survey of like 23 to 25 I read, I agents. I did read that. I read that. And, and the comments about Ron Rivera were just so glowingly positive. Everybody in the league likes him. Everybody in the personal league... Personal comments. The personal comments. His the, character. The personal comments. Exactly. Person that's what I'm talking... And that they're rooting for yes. him. Um, yes. But I think, you know... Look, it's... It's uh, it's 80% to 20% that when we get to the end of the upcoming season, there are major organizational changes that lead to a whole new group of people. Uh, the 20% is that they end up having a shockingly good season and they and new ownership no matter how no matter what they feel just can't do it because you got close. What is getting close? You know, winning a playoff game or two, winning 11, 10, 11, 12 regular season games. I don't think that's going to happen. But that's, you know, um, anyway, uh, that's it on that. I just, I thought it was hysterical how, you know, they got it all figured out on him. They had it all figured out. But last week it was, who knew? Um <laughs> And, you know, calculated risk, my ass. I mean, it was four days later that you slapped the label, QB1 uh, label on him. I mean, it, it really was – it may work out, and it seems to be working out in terms of they've got a really good kid at quarterback. They've got a smart, coachable – you know, football's super important to him, kid. Let's let's face it. The last two uh, quarterbacks that were drafted, they were drafted very high, and it turned out that you know it, it was a lot different in terms of their coachability and their desire, et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
So they've got that going for them, and they've got a kid who's got some skill and talent too. I'm not knocking that. I I I completely, and I've said it over and over again. Sam Howell has a skill set, and and his talents fit with today's NFL. Um. I wanted to mention this because uh, I don't think I did this on the podcast yesterday. I don't think I did. Seth Walder, the ESPN analytics guy, um, he and ESPN did one of those NFL season simulations where they simulate the season 20,000 times to come up with how the season plays out. Um, and their first headline from it is that D- Dallas ends up having a disastrous season. Uh, the second headline is the Panthers and the Commanders reach postseason with first-time starters. So for Carolina, that would be Bryce Young. For Washington, that would be Sam Howell. And they talk about a Washington season that starts off slowly, one and three, but ends up really strong and finishing at nine at ten and seven, and it snags the last wild card spot. And then they lose in the wild card game to the Eagles, who aren't the one seed. Minnesota ends up in their simulation getting the one seed. The Ravens and the Chiefs, by the way, in the AFC. Um, end up fighting for uh, the one seed with this with the best record, and the Chiefs end up with it. They they win the tiebreaker with the Ravens, but um, Washington goes ten and seven and makes the playoffs in their simulation of this year. Uh, we're gonna do predictions on Thursday's show. We're gonna do all of our predictions on Thursday's show. Yes, the part of the. Uh of the show that I really look forward to, <laughs> predicting the future. It is. You know, I'm, not, I'm not so good sometimes at predicting the future. Let me make it clear here Yeah. Well, that uh, I, I was the one, and it was a long-shot prediction, everybody. Let's remember that. We said that Jacoby Brissett would be the starter for game one. Yeah, you did say that. You're, okay. you're going to be wrong about that one. You also said to me after it became clear, I think you said – that you think Jacoby Brissett will st- – no, that was last year. I'm, I'm getting last year confused with this year. Last year um, I was right. Last year on the Thursday before the season started when we had all of our predictions, I laid on you 8-8-1. Eight, eight, and one. I just want to remind everybody of that, that I predicted that they would go 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one last year. And I, Ron Rivera's favorite record. His favorite record. Now, I didn't get the tie exactly right. I predicted it would be the Chicago game that they ended up tying, and they tied the Giants game at the Meadowlands late in the season. But I got the record right. Um, so will you do some prep in advance of Thursday's show? Because we're yeah. going to pick our you know division winners, our wild cards, our Super Bowl matchups. We're going to pick you know the Commanders' season record prediction with a big bold prediction about the season. Um, I'll, we're going to do all of that together on Thursday. And then, yeah, by the I way, will, you got to have your prediction for Sunday's game. You got to have your prediction yeah. ready to go for Sunday's game. Yes, a game I will be attending. I will be there. 
Maybe you have the voice issues because you stopped drinking cold turkey. Maybe you need, before the show on Thursday, to have a couple of pops. That would make perhaps your voice better and maybe even the content better. I'm kidding. Okay, doctor. <laughs> um, I'm so happy you're back. I did really. I, I so honestly, mi- I, I really did miss you. I really did. I miss doing the show on a regular basis with you. But uh, it sounds like you had a great time. Yes, I did. But I'm glad to be home. All right. Uh, we'll do it on Thursday together. I'll be back tomorrow. I'm going to do on tomorrow's show a few things. I'm going to do my season over-under win total prop bets. I've got six of them for NFL teams, Washington included. And don't forget that you still have time to enter the Circa Million and Circa Survivor pools out in Vegas. September 9th, this coming Saturday at 2 p.m. is the deadline. The Circa Million, $6 million in guaranteed prizes. You pick five winners against the spread each week at the end of the year. Whoever has the best record will take home a million dollars, but the top 100 pays. The Circa Survivor pool is guaranteeing eight million dollars to the winner or winners pick one team straight up every week no spread if that team loses or ties the entry is eliminated you can only pick each team once in a season 14 million in aggregate of guaranteed prizes no rake so if the entries go above the guarantee all the extra money goes into the prize pool. You must register in person at the Circus Sportsbook in Nevada. Weekly picks can be made through a proxy from anywhere. Back tomorrow. You're listening to The Sports Fix.